0: Thank you for being here. Uh, Once again, we are continuing our journey through the book of Romans this morning. And I will tell you, I desire your prayers throughout this message. This text today, as you will see, perhaps you've already looked forward, but this text today is an incredibly bold text. It's an incredibly difficult text to hear sometimes. But I'm telling you, we are in a day and age when we need to hear the entirety of God's Word. So I, I do desire your prayers as as I preach this morning. As always, again Romans 1 beginning with verse 18. And while you're turning there, I just want to remind you of the context of the book of Romans. Paul wrote this book to the church in Rome and he wrote it during his third missionary journey during the time period of AD 55 to AD 58. And then there is a theme that we see appear over and over through the pages of this. If you, if you heard last Sunday's sermon, you probably will remember me saying Paul was not just writing to say hello to this church. He was writing with a purpose. And we see that as we read more and more through the pages of the book of Romans. And here is the theme. It's that in Christ, the righteous God unites Jews and Gentiles into one people of God. It's like in Christ, He's the one that removes the division and performs that unification. In church, we need to realize He's the only one that can do that. He is the only one that can do that. So at this point, if you are physically able to stand, I want to invite you to stand right now to honor the reading of God's Word. Again, Romans chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. And I do want to remind you just one more time, this is the Word of God. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power, Who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men Deceit, maliciousness, they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Would you pray with me, please? Father, right now as we hear the siren that's passed by the church, Lord, it reminds us once again of how fragile that our lives are, that our lives are just vapor. Father, for those who are hurting right now, amongst us, and close to us, Father, I pray that you will comfort hearts. I pray that you will provide your peace. Father, now, as we step into your word, I pray that your anointing will be upon me this morning. I pray that you will hide me behind your cross. May I faithfully preach this text. May you open our minds. May you open our ears. May you open our eyes. May you open our hearts to receive your word. Father, I pray that everyone that we encounter, we will point to you and to the cross. Father, I pray, I pray now that if there is one person who is hearing my voice, that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, may this be the day that your convicting power will fall. I pray that lost will be saved today. I pray that the captives will be set free. I pray that chains will be broken. I pray that Christ will be proclaimed and glorified. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray these things. Amen. You may be seated. Now, the title of this morning's message is The Wrath of God. The Wrath of God. Now, we're going to see this morning in our text that righteousness is indeed needed and that there is indeed condemnation of sin. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something this morning. That is something that a lot of our society does not want to hear anything about this morning nor do they really want to talk about it or hear it. Many people today seem really quick to claim the love of God, but they really don't want to hear anything at all about the wrath of God. But church, I want you to hear me when I say this this morning. We must talk about both. Both are very real things. The love of God is real, and so is the wrath of God. And this morning, we will see, through this text, that sin does indeed have very real consequences. Although God does definitely demonstrate His love for us, we've got to realize that there is absolutely nothing about sin that pleases God. And there is absolutely nothing about sin that honors God. And so as we look at verse 18 this morning, we're on slide number 12. Miss, I thank Ms. Karen for running my slides this morning. I couldn't connect this morning, but she is doing a great job as always. I'm thankful, I am thankful that we have people that devote their time. I know the people in the balcony do not want attention, but let me tell you, we'd know if they were not here. We would know it if they were not here. So let's, let's appreciate those people as they serve with their gifting. Verse 18, notice that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Now remember, I said just a moment ago that there is no sin that honors God. There is no sin that pleases God. And I also said that there's many people today that do not want to talk about the wrath of God. There are people today that will tell you that God just cannot be angry. And I want you to hear me say this morning, church, that's not true. That is not true. God loves us, but His love becomes severe in the face of sin. Let's think of it for a moment like this. Let's suppose we're talking about a parent and a child. Remember, God is our Heavenly Father. We are His children. But I want you to think about it just a moment if you're a parent and you have a child of any age. Imagine that right in this moment that you found out that your child had been horribly abused. Is there one of us that would be okay with that? There's not, is there? There is not one of us that would be okay with it. And one of the reasons that we would not be okay with it is we love our children. We do not want to see them abused. We would be upset. Now let's continue that thought process. Our sin, church, angers God. Our sin angers God. And one of the reasons that it makes Him angry is because He loves us so much. Look at verse 19 and 20. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them for His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Church, we have absolutely no excuse to sin. We cannot say, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to. Now I want to give you another example just to hopefully help us wrap our minds around verses 19 and 20. I want you to imagine just a moment that I am talking about a conversation that a dad is having with his teenage son who has their driver's license and their own car. Just imagine them at breakfast one morning and the dad tells the son, son, I love you. I hope you have a great day. But when you get home today, I want you to clean your room. Don't just half clean it. Clean it from top to bottom. Now, let's suppose that the son says, Okay, he goes on his way, goes to school. School is over. On his drive home, he sees a number of billboards. And on every one of the billboards, it says, Son, don't forget to clean your room. Love, Dad. He sees that on a number of billboards. He gets home, he checks his phone, he has a voicemail from the dad, don't forget to clean your room. He has a text message from his dad, don't forget to clean your room. Then he gets to his room and on the door of his room is a yellow sticky note that says don't forget to clean your room. Now is there one of us, is there one of us that would say that child has any excuse not to know he's supposed to clean his room? We wouldn't, would he? The child has absolutely no excuse to forget to clean that room. He cannot say that he didn't know. He cannot say that he forgot. Neither can we. Neither can we. We can't say that we didn't know that we were supposed to that we were not supposed to sin. We can't say it and say it truthfully. We can also not say that we don't know what's right versus what is wrong. We have no excuse. So as we go to the next slide, we're going to begin to see why the wrath of God is necessary. In verse 21, it makes it clear that these people knew God, but it also makes it clear that they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to him. Instead, they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. And I want you to hear me say this this morning. That's exactly what happens when any type of idol is present in your life or in my life. If any form of an idol is present in our life, this scripture that I just read, that's exactly what happens. So I want to just define idolatry for you. In the definition that was given by Adrian Rogers on that next slide, slide number 15. Adrian Rogers describes an idol as this. Anything you love more, fear more, serve more, or value more than God is your idol. Anything, anything you love more, fear more, serve more, or value more than God is your idol. And you know me well enough to know that I've got to ask you right now. I'm asking myself the same question. Are there any idols present in your life? Is there anything in your life that you love more, fear more, serve more, or value more than God? If so, those are your idols. And I've got to ask you the question, do we truly worship God? Do we? Now, let me tell you, if your idea of worship simply consists of between 10 and 11 on Sunday mornings, then I I can answer the question for you. The answer is no. No, worship is way more than that. You know, when we stop to think about it, there are two categories. One is the Creator. And the second category is created. Do we truly worship the Creator? Do we truly worship God or are we worshiping things that have been created? And we've got to take a step back and realize it's one or the other. We're either worshiping God or we're not. We're either worshiping God or we're worshiping something that has been created. And we've got to ask, we've got to answer that question. Now, when we look back at verses 22 and 23, look what happens here. Claiming to be wise... What did they become fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and cre- creeping things. You see, these people were putting created things above the creator God. It's foolish, isn't it? It's absolutely foolish. I know this is hard today. And our text is going to get harder. Let me just give you a warning. Our text is going to get harder than what we have covered so far. But I've got to ask you a question. Do we put anything above God? Do we put anything above God? Is it our job? Is it our position in society? Is it our children? Is it our home? Is it our vehicles? Is it power? What is it? I challenge each one of us this morning, take a deep look within and then answer the question. And then realize that for such foolishness, the wrath of God is revealed. And I hope you're seeing this morning that the wrath of God is very serious now in our remaining verses this morning, we are going to look at the consequences of the wrath of God. And we're going to see that Paul lists some specific sins that are present in the lives of people who suppress the truth about God and exchange His glory for the glory of part of creation. So here verses 24 and 25. Remember, I told you that it gets tougher. We're here. We are here. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Because, don't miss that word, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen now I want you to hear me say this morning church god desires your worship he desires your worship but hear me when I say this listen listen very carefully here he desires your worship But He is not going to force you to worship Him. He is not going to force you to worship Him. We've got to realize that if we choose to worship anything over Him, any type of idol, it is very serious business that has very serious and very real consequences. Church, be careful. Be careful what you entertain. Be careful what you entertain. If you choose to go down the path of sin, I'm going to say it one more time. I have said this several times over the last few weeks. But if you choose to go down the path of sin, you better be prepared. You better be prepared to travel some roads that you don't want to travel, that you don't want to be on. You better be prepared to pay much more than you ever wanted to pay Be careful what you entertain. Let me tell you how Satan works. He will will start challenging you on things that you absolutely know to be true. That's how he works. He challenges us on things that we know to be true. Go back with me just a moment to the Garden of Eden when sin was first introduced. How was Eve tempted She was tempted on something that she absolutely knew to be true. She knew what God said. She knew it. But the enemy introduced what? Doubt. Did God really say? Did God really say? Yes, he did. And yes, he really meant it. Satan will attack and challenge the things that you know are true. Don't fall for it, church. Do not fall for it. We've got to keep our eyes upon Jesus. And if we don't do that, we're going to find ourselves worshiping something or someone other than God. Keep our eyes upon Jesus. Now as we move to the next slide... The text just gets more and more bold. And I'm going to tell you, church, this morning, you can read from your Bible or you can read from the screen, the text that's on the screen right now. I do realize that we have a wide multitude of ages in the sanctuary right now, and praise God for that. Praise God that we've got so many children here this morning. Parents, I'm going to tell you, You need to be having conversations that contain the the Bible verses that are on the screen right now with your children. You need to have those conversations. I'm going to be sticking with the G-rated version this morning in the sermon. But as we look at the verses that are on the screen right now, please don't ever think, that just because you lived through something and that God didn't strike you down right in the middle of it, that He must be okay with it. That is not how it works, church. And most of you would not believe the number of times over the last 12 years that people have said something to me like this. You know, this is not the path that I would have chosen for my life, usually when some type of sin is involved. They'll say, you know, this is not the road that I would have chose for my wife. But God let it happen, so He must be okay with it. Now, that thinking is warped with a capital W. It is warped. Sometimes what we experience are the consequences of the sin that we entertain. Be careful what you entertain. Sin does have consequences. And just because we've lived through some type of sinful activity and God didn't strike us down in the middle of it, it's no indication that He's okay with it. I can tell you He's not okay with any type of sin. And I realize that there's probably people hearing my voice this morning after I have just said that that says, Be careful, you can't judge me. Only God can judge me. Well, it's coming. He's, it's coming. God will judge each and every one of us. And can I remind you, He is a just God. He will judge completely and He will judge justly. As we move to the next slide and look at verses 28 through 30. Again, I just want to remind you, God is not going to force any of us to honor him, nor will he force any of us to worship him. And Paul gives us a glimpse here of what happens. And I want you to hear me when I say this this morning. This is a really vivid picture of what sin will do if we entertain it. Let's look at God's word, verse 28. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers. Haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. Now, I want to call your attention to one thing. Do you see that gossip? It's listed in the same list of sin as murder. Don't miss that. Gossip. Gossip. It's listed in the same list of sin as murder. Church, I want you to hear me say that's how serious it is. That is how serious that gossip is. And I I want you to hear me say this, and I want you to realize that I am saying this in love. If you are involved in any type of gossip, stop it and stop it now. It does not honor God. And don't pretend that you're participating in gossip for the sake of Christ. You're not. If you're involved in gossip, realize you're doing that intentionally, and there is not one thing about it that honors Christ. Gossip is serious, serious. We can have no part of that. It is so serious that Paul lists it along. With murder. And then finally this morning, as we look at the rest of our text, verses 31 and 32, he goes on to say, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. Does that not sound exactly like what we see in society today? And if you say, no, I'm not seeing that in society, then you need to open your eyes. This is being revealed right in front of our eyes this morning. Are we noticing it? Are we noticing it? What are we doing about it? Are we standing firm on the Word of God? Or are we saying, times have changed it must be okay. Don't you realize times have changed? Yeah, I do. But let me tell you something. God's Word has not changed. I want to remind you what Jesus tells us in the book of John. He says, if you love Me, you will what? Keep what? My commandments. He didn't say you'll keep the ones you agree with or you'll keep the ones you think have not changed over the years. He says, if you love Me, you will. You will keep My commandments. It's serious. Realize the wrath of God is real. And yes, the love of God is real. Praise God for that. I am so thankful for His love, mercy, and grace. But hear me when I say that. That does not give us a license to sin. Ever. It doesn't. So as we move toward our invitation this morning, first of all, if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus... As your Lord and Savior, I want you to know this invitation is for you. And I want you to understand that no matter what you think your biggest problem in life is, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the biggest problem you have in your life. Life is so uncertain. It ends for someone every day. It may end for me today. It may end for you today. We don't know. Life truly is a vapor And if your life were to end today, are you ready to stand before Jesus right this very minute? Because let me tell you, in that moment, it's going to be way too late to beg for mercy. You better be sure now you know if you're ready or not. Because it might be today. Maybe this morning you've realized, I've got some idols in my life. If you do... I encourage you to come forward during invitation. Kneel at the foot of the cross. Confess that to Jesus. And guess what? He will forgive you. He will, but you need to ask Him to. Maybe you're carrying some type of burden this morning. And that burden has become heavy. Anyone ever carried a burden before? Absolutely. They get heavy, don't they? But guess what? We don't have to carry them alone. Jesus will carry that burden for you. He will carry that burden for you, but we've got to be willing to ask Him to. Maybe you've got some other need that you need to come forward regarding this morning. You don't have to tell me anything. You can just simply kneel and pray. Now, if you, if you want to talk to me, I would be happy to listen to you and pray with you. But I want you to know just by coming forward, you don't have to. You can, you can kneel and just talk to Jesus. Just like the old song. Are you weary? Are you burdened? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend like no other. Let's rely on him this morning. Would you pray with me please? Father. I'm thankful that your word. Is holy. I'm thankful that your word is true. Lord, I pray that we will never try to to change your word or try to make it say anything or mean anything that it does not say. Father, I pray that we will honor your word with our lives. Father, I pray right now that if, if idols are present in my life, in anyone's life this morning, Lord, may we lay those at your feet. May from this moment we make the commitment that we're going to worship God who created us instead of worshiping anything that's been created. Father, I pray that our eyes will be upon you always. I pray that our ears will hear what you're saying. And I pray that we will be obedient followers of Christ. And I do pray right now if there are any, any people who are hearing my voice right now, whether they're in the sanctuary or whether they're listening by technology and they do not know you as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray that today will be the day that conviction will fall upon their lives. May we see lost saved and may Christ be forever glorified. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.